episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, the one and only. I am Dustin Blanton. I'm here with my co-host, Travis Masterson. Yeah! It's football time, and we have a mock draft. It's what you want. It's what the people need to hear, Travis. It's that time of year. August, we got preseason football. We got days, just mere days until the start of the regular season, and we can finally stop talking about the 2020 season and get into what matters. Let's do it. I can't wait to get into this draft. We've already done a couple, and they only get more exciting as we get closer because new storylines unfolding, you know, weaknesses. We've got new opportunities. We got Jonathan Taylor back in the top six, which is just ridiculous. And he's there. He is there. And man, just watching these guys play, you can kind of start to see people getting really excited. People, you know, they're, they're, they're either confirming the biases that they already have or they're seeing weaknesses that they're like, oh, my gosh, Malcolm Brown is going to be a superstar. What happened to Miles Gaskin? Can you find him? And just just whole mysteries abound. And I'm so excited to see them unravel. And we're going to get answers, whether it be answers we want or not. We're going to have them. Episode eight, mock draft number three. I am going from the seven spot today. Dustin's going from the four. I can't imagine being an actual NFL player and ha- what their excitement level is like. Ours is through the roof as we get close to 20 days out. I think we're 21 days right now. And we're not even playing. Can you imagine being that close to kicking this thing off for real? I wouldn't have to because the only thing I would think about is being a millionaire. Um, and the fact that I was playing football <laughs> for a living. So, no, I can't quite get there. But um, also, if I was playing football, I would never think about fantasy football, ever. I think that's kind of the goal. But now we're here. The really good ones can. Exactly. I, and you know what? Kudos for NFL players for playing fantasy. That's got to be a wild experience. I, I'd like to learn more about that and kind of the players that do play. Um, I know Juju's Juju played. Yeah, there are. And, you know, I think it's only going to continue to grow. Um, which is kind of interesting. I like that dynamic. But right now we're in sleeper. We have a 12-team PPR draft on the docket for the people today. And I'm drafting from numero cuatro. And for those of you that aren't aren't very um, cultured, that is number four. And we're going to kick this off right now. No more delay. Hit the start button. And guys, going off the... T- what just happened? Because Christian McCaffrey <laughs> went followed by Jonathan Taylor, by Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. Let me tell you why I, this frustrates the heck out of me. You can't be mad no, with Dalvin Cook no, at four. I'm not mad inherently at Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to keep this short because we tend to ramble. That's some of the feedback that we've gotten from people listening to the shows that we tend to ramble. We're going we're gonna to keep the rambling short. Anyway, I'm happy with Dalvin Cook, but the two guys I was having to decide uh, over in the previous drafts were Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor, and they're both gone. The top four picks. Ridiculous. They put you out of your misery. They gave you an easier choice. Dalvin Cook, my number one pick. Let's go. I was going to pick Alvin Kamara, but you know what? Dalvin's my guy. Who you got at number seven, Travis? Dalvin followed by Kamara at five, Henry at six, as expected. I will go with Zeke Elliott at the seven spot, living in Dallas now. I've got a little bit of the cowboy fever that I never thought I would have. So while I admit that, and the hard knocks love, 
Zeke Elliott is my pick in the first round. We're going to build around a workhorse, a true workhorse, do-it-all, top five running back, and Zeke Elliott moving on. So now do you pick him over a guy like Nick Chubb because of the potential for passing work, or is it because uh, you just you just like him as a player more? Like, Where do you see the difference being the biggest difference between those two guys being as your next pick comes up in the second round? I do like Zeke as the f- no, RB4 for me this year. I like the passing oh, wow, work. Okay. I like that offense in general. I prefer him to Derrick Henry. I think we're going to see a little bit of a step back from Derrick Henry. He's being drafted at his ceiling. Yeah, I think Zeke has a little bit of a bounce back this year. Potential to finish in the top three for sure. Sure. And I'm getting him at the seven spot. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about anything going on with the Cowboys, but particularly how they are built around Zeke. Right. I'm going to be built around Zeke as well. well. We're, we're back here in the second round. You got your second pick. Some wide receivers, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Hopkins, Metcalf, and Adams off the board. Kelsey obviously went, and Pat Mahomes went pretty early in the second round. Are you thinking running back here, or what are you, what are you looking at as we're, we're kind of still early and we got a lot of studs left? It has always worked out well for me to go running back with the one with the first round and the second round. I've never really been upset with what happens at receiver later. What happens if I go receiver here is I do get frustrated with the Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, tier, pool, however you want to call it, Picking from that small group of guys in the fourth or fifth for an RB2 or three, I'm not ex- as excited about. I'm going to pair Antonio Gibson here inside the division with Zeke Elliott. That's a good combo for me. Two guys that are going to get an unbelievable amount of work. I like it. Is that because he's actually Christian McCaffrey? Or is that because you're just so high on Antonio Gibson now? I'm not buying into that at all. I'm not, I don't know how much of what Kyle Allen says is going to be taken super seriously for me. Couple, uh, a couple players were off the board: Calvin Ridley, Joe Mixon, and now I'm here with my second pick in the second or in the the draft, second round now, ninth pick. And there's some. Ooh, there's a lot of options. There's here. a lot of options, but you know what? What I like to see here, and I've kind of been playing this thought experiment with myself. Um, I like, I like some running backs in the third round, and I have them graded just as highly as a lot of the running backs at the end of the second round. So something I've been able to do to kind of bolster my team is grab a tight end because we know how valuable they are throughout the draft and kind of the flexibility that it gives you. So I am leaning towards George Kittle here over Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, um, even over Najee Harris because the running backs that are left, you know, you still got Najee Harris, but you also have J.K. Dobbins. You have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. DeAndre Swift is a guy I really like this year. And when I make my next pick, um, there's only six picks between me, me and my next pick, so I'm willing to bet at least one of those guys falls, whereas I am not guaranteed, you know, George Kittle or Darren Waller. Um, I'm going so to So why George Kittle over Darren Waller? What is it exactly in your head that you're liking about Kittle? Because I think the majority of analysts sure. and fans, fantasy players, are going to go Waller as uh, tight end two, as would I. So what is it about Kittle that you like? from a fantasy perspective. I think it's going to be a better offense. And to me, just the tight ends in general, one, George Kittle is the number one option. I'm not saying Darren Waller is not the number one option, but I'd rather have that offense over the, the Raiders offense. For me, it's just kind of projecting more red zone opportunities, more touchdowns. George Kittle has underperformed in the touchdown category the last couple of years, whereas Darren Waller had a really high number of touchdowns. And I don't project that offense to exceed what happened last year. So... I'm going to go with George Kittle here and see kind of what running backs fall to me. As you can kind of see, Darren Waller went off the board. A quarterback went early. 
Um, and look at that, my guy, DeAndre Swift. Oh, my God, a dream come true. And it's all working out. My life has meaning again. DeAndre Swift's going to be my next pick. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went right before me. He probably would have been my the only other running back I would have taken over DeAndre Swift. I knew Najee wasn't going to make it right. back, most likely. I don't ever see him in the third round. Um, so I'm going to take DeAndre Swift. I don't have a, a wide receiver, but this is the one caveat I like to give, and I've, I've said it in previous episodes. You take that tight end that's essentially a wide receiver, you're not starting a tight end in, three, in two or three receivers in your league. You're starting four wide receivers or three wide receivers you have that advantage so deandre swift is the pick and i'm okay with however the rest of my draft is going to fill out because i know i have that flexibility as justin jefferson and terry mclaurin follow this pick you're up on your third pick what are you thinking are you going wide receiver are you going three running back strong quarterback here what are you thinking i am going to stick with the running back theme i'm going to grab another guy who i think has a strong chance to finish inside of the top 15 at the position, I love David Montgomery in the middle of the third round as a flex to go with Zeke and Gibson. That is a an incredibly high floor. We're looking at just between the three of those guys, we're already about 60 points a week on most weeks, and that's really hard to replace. There's a lot of wide receivers I like here. I'm, I'm big on Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. Everybody loves Allen, too. Um, both of the Allens there I would have been really happy with. But I'm going to pass on them. I will wait for receiver to come back to me in the fourth and fifth, and I will grab David Montgomery and have a big, big three running back combo right here. All right, so you go David Montgomery. We've got a few running backs following. Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, wide receivers off the board, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts follows, and then Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Mari Cooper, Lamar Jackson goes in the fourth round. And we're back to you in the fourth. At the 4-6, you've got three running backs because you don't like the wide receiver position. You actually despise it. Tell us more about your hatred for wide receivers. This is what I was hoping would happen. It's been pretty close to exactly what the ADPs have shown with Lamar Jackson in the fourth, a receiver run at the start of the fourth. Um, We've got a Kyle Pitts in the early fourth. That could be Hawkinson, could be Andrews, but somebody will usually go with one one or two of those tight ends in those uh, eight through 12 picks in that turn. So being that I am fully set on running back, probably until the very end of the draft with Zeke, Antonio Gibson, and Montgomery, I'm looking at receivers. There's a lot of them I like right here as true wide receiver ones for me in PPR. Godwin, CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup are my top three, just as shown on the board. I am going to go with another Dallas Cowboy and CeeDee Lamb. I'm not afraid to pair him with Zeke. On that offense, it's not a a worry for me to have too many guys on the same team. So I'll go CeeDee here. Huge upside. I think he finishes inside the top 12. And to go with those three running backs, this is a a very uh, solid start for me here. I like it. I like it. Kyler Murray following after that in the fourth round. Travis Etienne sneaking up into the fourth. I'm here with my... How do you feel about Etienne there? Did you, would you take Etienne over Daryl Henderson? I like Etienne as a prospect. I like him as a running back even. But this year, especially paired with James Robinson and that offense, they're, they're not projected to be a high-powered offense, and I don't see him necessarily taking over even more than 50% of those carries until you know, halfway through the season, even if that I don't like it in the fourth round, even 
I mean, yeah. you'd feel like he's going too high. You're taking him over Darrell Henderson. You're taking him over. I mean, really, that that would be the name I'd probably say I wouldn't take him over over Kareem Hunt. I probably would have that that conversation. But here in the fourth round, I'm looking. I could take Darrell Henderson. He's the last running back I feel comfortable with. Um, there's only a few picks until my next pick, and there are some wide receivers I would feel okay having as my wide receiver one uh, over Chris Godwin even. So I am going to take Darrell Henderson here as my RB3, and Russell Wilson goes in the fourth. Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, and Kareem Hunt are off the board. So we both went three running backs before receiver. That just goes to show how deep this position is at wide receiver. And how shallow it gets really quick if you are not able to get a really, really good three running backs. For sure. And in this league, so the way this roster is set up, you start three wide receivers and you have a flex spot. And I'm okay not taking a wide receiver, especially if I took a Kittle, mostly because of, like I said, how deep the wide receiver goes. Um, Now I can kind of hammer the wide receiver position and I'm okay with it. You know, guy, guys that I like are going to be there. Um, and if I, if I don't get all of them, then that's okay. Um, but I think I can make a pretty solid wide receiver core. With that being said, the first wide receiver I'm probably going to take here, I'm having to decide between Robert Woods, DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore probably has a higher upside. So I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Just a personal feeling for me. I like him more. No pun intended. And Robert Woods off the board right afterwards. And Mark Andrews follows that up. And here you are in the fifth round. You've got all the running backs in the world and CeeDee Lamb. Gosh, I love that man. Who are you looking at here? Are you looking for another wide receiver? Are you thinking maybe quarterback this early? What are you looking at? I am going to go with a second receiver here. And I'm probably going to start looking at quarterback in the sixth and seventh. Um, There's only been... Five of them off the board, and there's a really solid eight to ten quarterback, so I should be okay on the comeback in the sixth round. And sure. we talked about this in our tight end episode, I believe episode seven. If you're not going to get one of the top three, don't grab a Pitts, Hawkinson, or Andrews in the fourth, fifth. You might as well wait to the eighth to tenth round. They're not going to be that much better than those guys to where these, compared to these receivers here, the Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, there's going to be a big drop-off from those guys when you get to the guys in the eighth or ninth round for the most part. Sure. So I am going to – it would be really interesting, actually, for me to go Dak Prescott here and go three Cowboys and get almost every yard of that offense. But I'm not going to do the triple stack of Cowboys. I'm going to – Pair another high volume receiver. Okay. On this team is going to be Deontay Johnson for me. I've started to get him a lot more often in all my mock drafts and real leagues. I'm big on Deontay. I think he's. I mean, everybody everybody saw last year that the target total was unbelievable. I think even with a regression of that somewhat, he's still going to be top ten to fifteen in the league in targets. I can't argue it. So. That goes right in with my theme of guys that are going to be touching the ball all the time. So I'll go Deontay here in the fifth, and we'll see what comes back to me. Let it roll, man. Absolutely. Got Miles Gaskin and Lockett off the board. Kenny Galladay, Dak Prescott immediately followed by Herbert. And then, of course, Sleeper's a little bit broken, and Michael Thomas slipping into the sixth round. We know that's not going to happen. We see it all the time. Um, 
Michael Thomas has been following routinely to the 10th through 12th rounds. Um, but T. Higgins, Devonta Smith gone in the 6th round. Hawkinson finally went in your back here in the 6th. Are you thinking another wide receiver? Are there some? Is there a quarterback you like here? I know your boy Aaron Rodgers is here available. What are you thinking? Because there's a guy I'm eyeing in Chase Claypool that I really hope is there when I pick again. Yeah, and that's a good point. The if if you're very close in your rankings or your thought process about the Steelers receivers, meaning Deontay Johnson and Claypool, you're probably better off taking the second one because they're going to sure. be very similar and you might as well get them at a better uh discount. So, I just my gut says Deontay Johnson's just going to be absolutely fed the rock again and again and again and Claypool is Most going to likely. be He's going to be, Claypool will be heavily involved. I don't necessarily love the bomb guys. I like the 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards. And that's the kind of guy I'm going to get in Deontay. I'm going to go, I thought about going quarterback here, as I said earlier. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Tannehill, Hurts. There's a lot of them left. Three of the guys after me at this turn have one. So I'm pretty confident that one of those guys in that group will come back to me. I'm going to do something a little bit risky here. I like it. I'm not going to go I'm not going to go Juju or Odell. Those are the receivers in this group outside of Claypool. So, I'm going to go with one of my guys that I think I do not want to leave any draft without, and that is Ronald Jones as an RB4. I think is a oh great asset for me. Goodness. An RB4. If something were to happen with Elliott, Gibson, or Montgomery, I still have Another top 20 running back to plug in there. It gives me um, some trade leverage in case somebody goes super thin at running back and I'm able to pry away a Keenan Allen or a Mike Evans level receiver. You see that all the time. People get out of their draft and then they're like, crap, I don't have enough running backs. Ronald Jones was RB16 last year. Here, you can have Keenan Allen. So I'm going to do that. I'll go Ronald Jones, keep it short with one of my guys. If I'm going to preach ronald jones i might as well pick him even if it's an rb4 so ronald jones in the six hey me. you know what you gotta get your guys you gotta like your team james robinson javante williams followed right afterwards my boy chase claypool is there he's gonna be my pick he's someone that i i, I like you i don't like leaving my drafts without i think he's got boom potential he, there's only a certain few wide receivers that i feel in this league can actually take that leap and there's been some really interesting information coming out lately about second-year wide receivers and how impactful they are and how much they, they, they break out. And when they do break out, it's big, especially first-round wide receivers. Chase Claypool, not quite a first-round wide receiver, but this next guy that I'm thinking with my third-round pick after Juju, Odell, Mike Davis, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, and Noah Fant go through the early seventh round, I'm here at the 7-4, and my man is waiting for me there. Jerry Judy is someone I've been really interested in. I like him possibly even more than, you know, a Robbie Anderson um, because, one, I, I like his skill. I legitimately think that he could take over that, that wide receiver room. No disrespect to Corlin Sutton. I don't care who's throwing Jerry Judy the ball. The dude's going to get targeted. Like you said, he's a guy that's going to be targeted. 10 yards, you know, 15 yards, consistently peppered with targets. Over and over. It's going to feel like the announcers are broken with guys like that. And with that defense now kind of catching up to the offense in Denver, yep. Jerry Judy is my pick. Aaron Rodgers follows 
DJ Chark, for whatever reason, is picked in the seventh round. We know how we feel about him, and you're here at the 7-7. You're, you're probably thinking quarterback. I know the guys you like are probably still sitting here as we only had one quarterback fall off the board. What are you looking at? When I'm looking at quarterback, I see Brady, Matthew Stafford, Tannehill, and Hurts. There are four that would have to last over the next eight or so, maybe ten picks. It's possible. Sleeper and, and many mocks do some funny things with taking a second quarterback even before filling running back. Um, I, If I were to not go quarterback here, I would be deciding between Sutton and Robbie Anderson. Those are the two receivers that I like um, here in the seventh round. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to lock up a a top eight quarterback in Tom Brady and see which of these receivers comes back to me here in the eighth round. I like it. Tom Brady, even though he has defied father time, and I at this point, you don't really so much hear the he's going to fall off conversation because I think we've kind of moved past that. I think that narrative, whereas we know that his career is coming to an end, I think a lot of people feel safe in that it's going to end on Tom Brady's terms. He's not going to play until he can't play anymore. He's going to play, and then he'll be done. Let's um, just stop doubting him altogether. I think we can. I think seven Super Bowls tells you you can stop doubting him. As you're here in the eighth round, some wide receivers went off the board, a couple running backs, Mostert, Fournette, Carter, and Sermon come off the board, and you're here. You're, you've got balance all over. You still don't have a tight end, but um, that's okay. Like you said earlier, it's okay to wait late if you don't have a guy that you're in love with so what are you thinking here are you thinking padding your wide receiver room are you you know do you take a you know a backup um you know, a third wide receiver here what are you thinking because you've got some options and there's some pretty good names left yeah i in hindsight there are still matthew stafford hurts Tannehill. not one quarterback was taken after brady but that's a risk that you don't want to be on the back end of if that run happens and for whatever reason, you missed out on it. That is something that you're going to see at the top of your lineup every Sunday and not be excited about. I just didn't want that to happen to me. It's not as fun when you don't have a, a quarterback to root for that you really like. So Robbie Anderson went two picks before me. I would have liked him there. Maybe he'll fall next time. Brandon Cooks is another guy that's interesting here because he's a clear one on his team. He will be given a lot of targets. He would be my third. I like LaVisca Chenault. But I'm not as excited about those two guys as I am about the potential of Will Fuller. So I'm going to go with Will Fuller as my third. I think he's a high ceiling guy. We don't know about his floor yet with the Dolphins. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're dividing these targets, how often they're slinging it around with Tua. But we've seen a few clips and we've seen a season or half a season at least with Tua and he's pretty accurate downfield. So I think he was in for sure top half of the league in, in deep ball accuracy, which is what Will Fuller does. I've got a lot of high volume guys, so I'm okay now at this point in the draft taking a flyer on a guy that with one catch can really change a week. So I'll go Will Fuller here in the eighth. I like it. I like Will Fuller. I feel like he is being under drafted, especially after filling the wide receiver nine, I believe he was last year. And the the upside with Will Fuller is very intriguing, as you just mentioned. Tua wanting to throw deeper this season, and he's a very accurate quarterback, even in just the limited action we saw in that first preseason game. 
not to blow it out of proportion, but he looked sharp. And I, I'm all for it. I am a fan. With that being said, I am up here in the eighth round. I have incredible balance, as all things should be on my team. I've got three running backs, a tight end, and three solid wide receivers in DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Jerry Judy. And now it's time to go quarterback, I think. So Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, uh, Ryan Tannehill still staring me down in this round. I am going to do something that I don't normally do. Um, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts here in the eighth round. And I did that because I like him more than the other quarterbacks. I think he offers more upside um, as a rushing quarterback and to get him this late. That's kind of what you're looking for. I don't need a running back. I don't need a wide receiver. I don't need a tight end. So I can kind of swing for some upside. And now I can pad the rest of my, my running back room um, with, with Damian Harris still sitting here at the ninth round. I, that, one of my guys. One of your guys, he fell too far. That's a great pick. I can't pass on him any further. He, I don't see him falling to the ninth round in many drafts. This is a wild, wild west we live in. And so Damian Harris is going to be my pick here in the ninth round. I got four solid running backs that I'm very happy with. And you're here in the ninth round. Like I said, the only if you want to call it a hole is tight end on your team, but you can go pretty much anywhere right now. You've got the important positions filled up right now. I am gonna go tight end here. I might go a tight end two tight ends in these twelve rounds just to be able to play okay. whichever one's hot. So I'm gonna take the first player I ever talked about on the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football podcast. Are you he talking was a, about the first shot. ever workhorse tight end? <laughs> He is the first ever workhorse tight end on this show. He is the first shot that I'm going to take or took for this season, and that is Tyler Higby finishing inside of the top five or six at tight end. Another guy I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Higby here for me in the ninth. If anything, I appreciate that you are consistent and that you are loyal to your guys. Me personally, I'm going Tunyon there, but I can't blame you. You got to get who you like. Irv Smith, Logan Thomas, and Tunyon going off the board, as well as Ryan Tannehill. And here you are in the 10th round of this 12-round mock that we're doing. And you've got some options here, some very intriguing options. So I'm good at quarterback with Brady. I'm good at tight end with Higby. I've got four running backs with Zeke, Gibson, David Montgomery, and Ronald Jones. I'm very comfortable with those being the only four that I leave the draft with. CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Will Fuller, all names that I love at receiver. I'm going to add another one that I really like in Mike Williams. I think he's another guy that everybody's expecting to have a great season. A big target for Justin Herbert now with Hunter Henry gone up the seam and in the red zone. So give me the tie, the touchdown upside of Mike Williams and uh, hoping that he has a big year here as my wide receiver four. I'm... All for it. I do like Mike Williams' upside. The guy that went right after him and Michael Pittman and Corey Davis even, two guys we've talked about and some that we'll continue to talk about is Corey Davis. We've talked about that strategy of getting the wide receiver ones on teams this late in draft. That's kind of what you want in terms of upside because you, essentially they're the closest thing you're going to get to guaranteed volume. And here I am in the 10th round. I like I like some of the options available still and a guy that I really really want on my teams not just because I'm a fan but because I think of the upside he brings is Darnell Mooney is still sitting here. I I like him. 
I think, again, he's going to be my fourth wide receiver. I think I'd be okay having him as my fourth wide receiver, taking him there in the 10th. You know, can't really hate on it. And we're back here in the 11th. As Singletary, a Bears fan, Mooney's going to make you happy to see. He will make me happy. But also, the value's there. The, va- the, the value is all that I want. And that's, that's really all I can ask for. Baker Mayfield goes off the board. I am really tempted here to take Justin Fields. I Can someone, can anyone, talk me out of either him or Trey Lance? I, hmm, I'm... Given the balance that you have with four good running backs, four good receivers, a an elite tight end in Kittle, there's not really a reason why you shouldn't take a flyer on Fields or Lance there's there's no downside. What's the worst case scenario? You've got two quarterbacks. You don't know who to play. Maybe you move one. Maybe one gets hurt. You never know. That's a that's a great thought. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, especially them being running quarterbacks. Um, they, I mean, maybe they're more prone to injury, whatever you want to call it. But upside, just it's all they're all just oozing with upside. So, look, I love Justin Fields, um, and I love my Bears, but I think. Profile wise, I I like Trey Lance's fantasy appeal a little bit more, just because he's probably gonna run more than Justin Fields, and that's all I care about in fantasy is fantasy points. Give me Trey Lance. I'm okay. Justin Fields going after him. I'll still root for him. I'll still be happy. But I I like points, and I feel like Trey Lance, being objective, will score more points than Justin Fields. You're on the clock at the eleven seven with Fields and Elijah Moore going after him. So what are you thinking here? What makes you go Lance over Fields? Well, all right. So another thing is I have George Kittle on my team. So, Oh, okay. I see. So George Kittle and the Trey Lance stack, you have a rushing quarterback who essentially profiles as, you know, more dangerous right now in his career on the ground than he is through the air. Um, George Kittle's value is already going to be a little bit dinged playing with a, probably a, a rookie quarterback. So I think mm-hmm. anything to maximize that output from George Kittle or just on my team in general, if I'm going to play Trey Lance, if and when he starts, I think that helps. If there is any blow to George Kittle's upside, I'm going to help maximize whatever's left by playing Trey Lance on the same team. Yeah, you're getting over half of that offense every week if Lance is the quarterback. I like it. Um. There's a few names that I like left in the draft here with two rounds to go in this mock. They are pretty far down on sleepers draft board. Um, Higby, do I want to give Higby a, a backup? If I were to do that, it would be Troutman for me. I'm not big. I'm not going to get burned by Evan Ingram and Johnny Smith. That's happened before. Yeah, they they're both okay. But I like the upside of Troutman. I like the whole Komet upside. I think I can wait if I do want to do that in the 12th, maybe. But here I'm going to get somebody who is a wide receiver one on their team, which is very hard to come by. There's only so many of them. I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers out of New England. I think he's going to be peppered with targets. They don't have that many options to throw to. Yes, Nelson Aguilar is there. But again, I'll repeat, Nelson Aguilar is there. So I think Jacoby Myers is going to get a lot of work. It's hard to find volume like that this late in the draft. So I'll go Jacoby here as my fifth receiver and see who comes back here in the 12th. Yeah, Henry Ruggs, Gus Edwards, a couple quarterbacks. 
Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, and now we're getting into the handcuff area. So you just uh, mentioned Tony Deshaun Pollard. Watson. Are there are there circumstances in this draft where you're ever willing to draft Deshaun Watson, even with the stuff surrounding him? We can just kind of keep this short. Um, I'm not. And kudos to somebody who does, and it works out for them. If he's traded or they get it worked out and he plays, well, you've got a top five quarterback in fantasy. For, you know, the potential is going to be crazy for Watson anywhere he goes. He's that good of a player. But I'm just not going to do it. I, I've drafted guys before that are on the four to six week list or on the commissioner's exempt list, and you wait and you wait and you wait. It's just a frustrating game. It's not worth it. Fair enough. Who you got in the 12th, man? I don't know that I need to back up Brady in the 12th round. You're going to get a Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, Tua a few rounds later than this. So I think I will do the backup to Higby just in case he gets hurt or it, it really doesn't work out. I die on that hill. At least I can have somewhere to pivot to. I will go with Troutman. I like the upside. They don't have a whole lot of weapons to throw to right now. I think Troutman's going to be a a breakout candidate as everybody else does here in the 12th round. That's a good pick for me. Well, as they always say in football, they got to throw it to someone. And as we're winding down, got the last few picks of the draft. Again, it's only a 12 round draft. My, the guy that I wanted kind of fell to me with my last pick. Someone I'm always taking a flyer on. Again, we look for number one options where he's probably not going to be the number one receiving option. He may be the number one wide receiver and for me it's all about brian edwards buying the hype train get on board baby choo choo you because at look at this point in the draft like i said you're looking for upside you're looking for that guy that you got so cheap and he's you want him to outperform his adp look is there a, a chance that he bombs and he does nothing this year sure but what did i lose i lost a 12th round pick and I can recover from that pretty easy. The guy is going to be my fifth wide receiver, and at best, he could start for me on some weeks. So, yeah, I'm going to take that chance. Nelson Aguilar, the pride of New England now, goes at, towards the end of the draft. Kirk Cousins and Rondale Moore round it out. I love this team, Travis. I do too. Let's take, let's I, take a second it, here because we're only doing 12 rounds. Let's just throw out some names that people that listen to this episode could be looking for as if they're in the 12th and the guys that we talked about are already gone or it's the 13th 14th let's just throw out a couple of really late round guys that we think are good targets I have three that I'll say now okay um Philip Lindsay is going that late I think he's got the potential for 12 to 15 touches every week it feels gross it, it feels gross but if you're shallow at running back you're not going to find other running backs that low that could touch it 12 to 15 times a week. So I think tar uh, targeting Philip Lindsay, especially if you're thin, is a good move in the 13th or 12th round. The second guy is Cole Beasley. The talk has been, oh, it's Emmanuel Sanders. It's Gabriel Davis. It's not. It's Cole Beasley. He's going to be the number two receiver there opposite Diggs or in the slot. He's proven to us to be reliable for a few years now. And particularly on the Bills, he's been somebody that you can count on in a PPR league to get you those 8 to 12 points. If he gets a touchdown, he's a 15-point guy. So 
Cole Beasley is a second. And then Jalen Rager, for some reason, is going that late. I think he is an, also an upside play. We don't know what to expect from the Eagles. So you you might as well throw a dart at Rager. If he does establish himself as a reliable wide receiver, too, for them, that could be valuable to you, especially in bye weeks. Sure. I mean, those are those are some, some good suggestions. The guys that I'm looking at in the later rounds of drafts, I have always been a, a proponent of wide receiver upside because they're very interchangeable. They're, the situation and the position is inherently going to be widely variant and hard to, hard to predict. But Paris Campbell is a name I'm always looking at late in draft. A lot of times he goes undrafted because of the injury history. But looking at him, he's healthy. And again, what do you have to lose when you're giving up a, third, or a 13th or 14th round pick? Paris Campbell could potentially be the top target in that offense, and he has the explosive athleticism that you want in a wide receiver to take over that job. And like I said, the cost is low. Same with Marquez yeah. Callaway. Look, we already That's talked a good about one. Adam Troutman going in, in the drafts and about how they have no weapons to throw to, at least until Michael Thomas comes back. Look, worst case scenario, again, I'm going to beat this drum. You lose out on a, on a late round pick, but best case scenario, you have a starting wide receiver on a Sean Payton offense. No, you don't have Drew Brees throwing the ball anymore. They're going to throw the ball, especially if Jameis Winston starts. He needs someone to throw to. And Marquez Callaway being the number one option, you're talking about reports out of camp. I'm all for it. In terms of a, a third option, if I, if I had to pick one, I mean, the guys that I would have picked have already gone off the board. You know, Russell Gage is there. Nelson Aguilar is there. Um, I mean, those – look, you can't – you're looking for volume. T.Y. Hilton still goes late. Um. Really, I, 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 don't, I don't know necessarily. I mean, I think, is Jalen Waddle still off the board? I didn't see him go. Um, yeah, he, okay, I think so he, he, yeah, he, he went was way earlier. Early. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rondell Moore, like I said, last, last pick of the, the 12th round in our draft. These are guys that I like to pick up, you know, in the later rounds because, no, they're not going to probably they're, take They're over. one ligament away. <laughs> Which is a – you're going to hear that <laughs> from us through a lot of the season, but one ligament <laughs> away. Everyone's one ligament away. But Rondell Moore know. is explosive in his own right, and if you like guys like Debo Samuel, you know Brandon Ayuk kind of guys that can catch it close to the line of scrimmage and take off, Rondell Moore is that kind of guy. And in a high-powered Kyler Murray offense, why not give it a shot? You'll know week one what their role could be. I like it. Um, are you ever touching AJ Green again? Probably not. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, probably so not. Not after last year. Why don't we go year. ahead? What? Let's go ahead and run through our teams, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I'll go first. I ended up with Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback. I had Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, and Darrell Henderson as my starting running backs, my starting wide receivers, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, filling out my bench with Damian Harris, Darnell Mooney, Trey Lance as an upside quarterback pick, and Brian Edwards to round it out. Who's on your squad, Travis? I think this is the most balanced mock that we've done as far as both I of our teams feels, being really, really balanced with good guys at every position. It feels so good. It feels so good. So at quarterback for me is Tom Brady. It's, it's as reliable as it gets. What we saw last year, everybody's expecting even an uptake from that offense as a whole. My running back room is Zeke Elliott, Antonio Gibson, 
David Montgomery and Ronald Jones, four guys that I have inside of my top 20. I think the upside of my top three at any week is going to be a 60-point running back room. To go with those guys is CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Will Fuller, Mike Williams, and Jacoby Myers. I'm excited about the upside of those guys. The reliability that Lamb and Deontay Johnson are going to give me is going to allow for Fuller or Mike Williams to be my third receiver. There are going to be some weeks where those guys don't hit, but they also have 20-point week potential. And with the floor of the other guys, I'm excited about those two. And then Higby and Troutman at my tight end. Again, I think Higby is going to be more reliable than most people think. I've got him inside my top six. And Troutman, I think, climbs up to that 10 to 12 range. And I think that's good value in the 12th round. So I'm happy with this team. Probably the best mock that we've done. I agree, man. This felt good. A lot of balance, which is something I'm a proponent of. Keeps you even keel and keeps you from tilting. And that's all we want from you guys as you listen to this. Stay even keel. Do not tilt. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Losing Sucks. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Losing Sucks. Don't do it. <laughs>